Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do. Hi, everybody. My name is Nicole Donnell. Um, I am the CEO slash creator of Black Girl Budget. Um, from eight to five, I am a lawyer. Um, I've been a lawyer for about four years. But um, in all of my spare time on the weekends and everything, I am trying to get content out for Black Girl Budget. And Black Girl Budget is really focused on teaching Black women, specifically the foundation of financial wealth and wellness. And really, um, I'm more of a financial literacy advocate. I believe if people are financially literate, then they can pretty much you know, handle their own finances. Um, And we focus primarily on Black women, but we're always open to helping anybody else. So that's kind of our jam. We talk a lot about budgeting and how to look into the future, setting goals, and really thinking about ways to save money as well as ways to get out of debt. Wow. So lawyer by day and... Mm -hmm. Black girl budget, financial literacy advocate by night. That sounds like it keeps you busy, like pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely very different. Um, talking about finances, I rarely talk about anything legal. So I'm some days I'm like, why did I become a lawyer again? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is that you know I'm a therapist by day. And mm-hmm. I was, I was like borderline offended when people were asking me about money. I'm like, I went and got this whole degree and y'all, <laughs> y'all want to ask me about money? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but if I you're passionate, it, you know? if it's something, yeah, something you're knowledgeable, knowledgeable about something that you really enjoy talking about, it's like people will naturally gravitate towards you. It's true. So how did you get into, like, how did you start Black Girl Budget? What, what? you know, was the catalyst yeah. to feeling like this platform was necessary? You know, did you get asked questions? What was, what's the story behind that? So I, like I said, I, I went to law school and everything, but when I got out of law school, I remember I was working for the government and you only get paid once a month uh, in Florida when you're working for the government. And um, I remember getting my first student loan bill in the mail. And they wanted $1,500 for me a month. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, and I was only making like $2,600 a month. So I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I only get paid once a month and I have this student loan bill. I need to figure out what I'm going to do with myself because I can't be in debt for an extended period of time. But I also really have to control my money for a month as opposed to being paid bi-weekly. So I really started focusing on taking care of my money, making sure that bills were being paid, that I still had enough money to get through the month and trying to avoid that paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. All the while, I am literally paying off 
student loans individually and paying off credit cards. And so in talking to my friends and my coworkers, they would ask me, well, how are you doing that on your salary? Because you aren't making a lot of money, which was true. Um, <laughs> and so I, I would start talking to them about, you know, this is my budget. This is what I do. And I recognize that a lot of people that I talked to did not have the foundation of what it meant to have a budget and even just having automatic debits on their account, um, talking about credit scores and credit repair. It was almost like, because it was never taught in school, it was just never taught to them, period. And I recognize that more so um, Black women were really asking more questions, more foundational questions. So I decided to create Black Girl Budget just to create a platform for women to to ask questions, ask those questions and not feel embarrassed or not feel like you're the only person who doesn't know, but also to get real information and then apply it to your life. Um, I give out general information, but you can really apply it to your own circumstances. So having that $1,500 bill is really what sent me into, okay, I, I need to do something about this and Black Girl Budget was created. I love that story because I think that a lot of people, uh, rightfully so, to be honest, you know, would get a $1,500 bill mm-hmm. and then feel defeated and be like, what? Like, how am I ever going to be able to manage this? But it sounds like it motivated you, right? Like you turned that into fuel and used it as a catalyst to not just help yourself, but it's turned into this whole platform, which is really amazing. Yeah. And I even have a few friends who... I mean, I graduated law school with like $150,000 in debt, but I have friends who have graduated with like 250000 I know one person's got like 300000 So when you're getting these monthly bills, it's like, I can't afford to send you $2,000 a month. And even though there are repayment plans for your student loans, some people didn't know that. And I, I would tell them, I was like, you think I'm sending them $1,500 a month? They get $200 a month and that's what they're going to get. And so people were even asking questions like, how do I, you know, get my payments lower? What do I have to do? Um, and so really I recognized that, wow, there are thousands of us in this country who have student loans and we've not been really educated on how to approach them. Yeah, I feel like it's a disservice. I don't know. It's not to seek blame, but a disservice for young people to mm-hmm. have the ability to take out these large yeah. amounts of money without the education to support their true understanding of what that looks like and what that means. You know what I mean? And so yeah. you don't even know what your monthly payment is going to be until you get the first one. You know? <laughs> and so you take out the loans or whatever the case may be. Of course, you know, I, I know I signed for my loans. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like someone else did it. I'm not trying to say that <laughs> someone else signed these with behind my back or whatever. Right. But I know I didn't actually understand, you know, what it meant, like what amount was that going to be later on or what was that going to look like? And there was no like financial counseling. I don't, right. I don't recall any financial counseling or an advisor sitting down with me to talk to me about what that looked like. And so, you know, I love that you are advocating for people to educate themselves mm-hmm. and have a better understanding of what their options are. I'm telling yeah. people like, you don't have to do things the way that I did, but you need to figure out what is going to work for you, you know? 
Yes, exactly. And one of the main things that I've been, so like on my, on my Instagram, I do post a lot of information, but on my Instagram stories is where I really, like, I literally break down the numbers so people can see, okay, if I wanted to pay off a credit card and I had $200 extra every month to do it, it would take me this long to pay it off. Um, So I really break it down so people can understand how the money should be working for them and how they can get out of debt. And I, in doing that, I recognize that for student loans, you, we really did need someone to sit down and tell us, this is what this will look like when you graduate. And that didn't happen at all. But I think it speaks to the larger issue, which is we're not taught financial education in school. And you think, you know, basic information would, would be a part of the curriculum and it's not. Yeah, it's really wild when I start to think about it. You know, we take math every single year in school, mm-hmm. but never personal finance. You know, it's like something something doesn't sound right here. These these things don't fit together, but, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, we can't – all we can do with it is be empowered to mm-hmm. learn because we can't go back and turn the clocks or change the situation. And so I love that you're really just getting in there and breaking it down. Mm-hmm. I Look, I'm a therapist because I don't do math. <laughs> I was like, what's – which degree got the least amount of math? That's the one I'm going to do. But, you know, being able to understand on some level, just, you know, it's not the, doing a budget or, or being able to break down, you know, create a plan and stick to it is not theoretically difficult. Right. I think it's more like you said, you know, you're giving people real information that they can apply. It's that applying part that mm-hmm. I think people get like hung up on and stuck. And so, for people that have reached out to you or, um, you know, send you DMs or friends and family and stuff like that, how have you helped them to actually apply um, the lessons and the things like that that you've been teaching? So I take like a step-by-step approach, um, but really trying to use something that will will captivate their attention, using something that will help them understand it in their own way. So for example, I, I have a niece and nephew who are eight years old. And I was teaching them about personal finances earlier this week. And the lesson was, how do credit cards work? And so I asked them, I said, you know, what's something that you guys would like to buy? And they both wanted a hoverboard and a drone, which was not surprising. So I, you know, I told them, I said, okay, let's say each of you want to get those and they're $500. Do you guys have $500? They're like, no, of course not. I said, okay, well, you use a credit card and you swipe your credit card and you get your hoverboard and your drone. But the bank says, because you used my $500 to buy your stuff, I'm going to charge you $50, which is interest. I'm going to charge you $50 for borrowing my money. And they were both outraged. They're like, wait, why would the bank charge us $50? And my nephew says, if I didn't have the $500, why would the bank think that I have an extra $50? And that's when I realized that he, they both understood what interest was. And I didn't even use the word interest until we got to the end. And I'm like, that, those $50, that is interest. That's what interest looks like. So really just making it, making the information accessible and not even dumbing it down. Because I don't think anyone's dumb. I think sometimes we're thinking finances are way more complicated than they need to be. So I try to break it down literally using any example that people are interested in or that will work for them um, and then just show them like use this same method and apply it to your own finances. 
Yeah, I love that because, you know, in all honesty, the lessons that we could have learned when we were eight years old, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? To create those foundations for our understanding of personal finance, Mm -hmm. we're learning at 28 years old. And just because we're 28 doesn't mean that we're going to understand that we need to skip the foundational pieces, if that makes sense. So like you said, it's not about dumbing it down or making people feel stupid. Mm -hmm. It's that we literally didn't get the foundation. Mm -hmm. So we have to start from the bottom in order to be able to build, which means we're going to have to talk about it like that. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) explain it to me like I'm, explain to me like I'm eight, you know? (laughs) And you know what's funny is I've had so many people tell me, um, just like reaching out on Instagram ideas and which people have told me one, the way you break the numbers down is really helpful. But I've had people tell me, I thought it was going to be much more complicated. I thought that paying off my credit card or paying off my car was going to be so complicated that I just ignored it and and decided that I would just make the minimum payment. And when you break it down, it's really not that hard. It's not that hard. And, And like you said, you went into a profession where you didn't have to do math. I thought I was going into a profession to do the same thing. But Turns out my passion is kind of circulated <laughs> around math. But I tell people like, just grab the calculator on your phone and just do the numbers. It's it's so easy once you just break it down and and decide that it's not hard. You just have to decide this is not hard. It's just numbers. Yeah, I think it's even, it may also be a portion of like your mindset or how, um how challenging the task seems, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so I know that I've worked in some school settings and with kids, and I know that math is one of those subjects that kids have a tendency to say like, oh, this is too hard, or I can't do this. And so if that's a part of the language that they're using as they're learning and understanding those foundational pieces of math, not with any personal finance or anything Mm -hmm. like that, when it comes to your livelihood, yeah, and your bills and your debts and you're now 30 let's say <laughs> not only do you have those that language and those scripts from when you were a kid that say oh this is so hard i can't do it mm-hmm. now you have the pressure of the weight mm-hmm. of your financial you know what i mean like being able to take care of yourself financially living paycheck to paycheck and what that looks like and how stressful it can be so i can only imagine that when people sit with you or when they you know they have an aha moment when you're live or they're watching your your Instagram stories Mm -hmm. that it has to be like a a weight being lifted you know like a sigh of relief like oh okay I can okay I think I can wrap my head around this (laughs) yeah it is and it just it really does make all the difference and even you stated you know it's really a mindset the whole the whole idea of getting out of debt and taking control of your finances is a mindset I have a friend who um, she also has student loans. And every time we talk about it, she's like, yeah, I'm never going to pay off those student loans. I'm only going to send them $5 a month and I'm going to die owing them student loan money. Like, that's fine, whatever. And I've, I've tried to tell her, you don't have to do that. You, you're consciously making that decision because of your mindset. But if you honestly change the way you think about getting out of debt and, and your money, your finances, you can wholeheartedly accomplish anything um I don't know how I'm going to pay off my hundred and it's now like a hundred and thirty something thousand dollars in student loans but I know I'm going to do it and I have that mindset of this is possible it can get done I actually paid off my credit card this month which was like five thousand dollars boom 
paid that off. I've paid off several student loans over the last couple of years. So it's definitely possible, but mindset is, is definitely like the first step. If you change how you feel about math and change how you feel about your finances, you can make some really good strides. I love that you mentioned that and congrats, kudos on, on knocking some things out. I just think Thank it's you. so fun. I'm maybe I'm a nerd. <laughs> I think it's so fun when, when you clear a debt and it's like, you can cross it off your list. It's out of the way. Yeah. Energetically, I feel like that's like a weight lifted um, and it motivates you to keep going. And I think that there's something to what you said, as far as the idea that you leave yourself open to the possibility mm-hmm. or you don't. Mm-hmm. And when you don't it, it automatically, that's a hundred percent. No, you know what I mean? And you just not knowing the how, but having made the decision, I'm going to do this and you're being faithful and consistent to the plan, which is the budget, the tool, the resource. Mm -hmm. And in doing so you're knocking out, you know what I mean? You're knocking out, you know, your, your debts slowly, but surely. Yeah. And that's all that matters. You're the one in control. You're the one that has the power in the situation, as opposed to what I feel like a lot of people feel out of control Mm -hmm. and that they are, you know, being taken for a ride pretty much. Yeah. And I try to tell people, so I have this new thing and um, it's not new to me, but I tell people you wake up, you pray, you check your bank account. And um, one of the young ladies who's following me on Instagram, she DM me like, Hey, I share your information with my friends and, you know, I told them to check their bank accounts every day. And they said that, that that was excessive and was kind of struggling with why she, why she thought it was a good idea to check the bank account every day. And I told her, I was like, listen, scammers don't sleep. (laughs) Scammers don't sleep. So that's one reason why you should check it every day. But I I remember thinking, because my dad is the one who put that in my head, check your bank account every day. And I remember thinking the same thing, like, no, that's, that's excessive. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. But when I was thinking that I didn't have much money, I wasn't making much money and I was just spending my money carelessly. So I didn't want to be reminded of how much money I didn't have in my account. So I wouldn't check it. I go weeks without checking it. And then my card would get declined and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I should probably check my bank account now. But it it did feel for a moment like I was being taken for a ride and my money was just out of control. So I tell people, you know, I'm, I'm telling them to check their bank account every day, but really you want to be in tune with your finances. If you don't tell your money where to go, your money will tell you where it went. And you'll just be looking crazy like, um, what happened to those $500? So I, it, it's really being like really engaged in your money, knowing how much is coming in, what's going out, what's missing, what got double charged and what you haven't paid for yet. And you have to stay on top of it. You said, if you don't tell your money where to go, your money will tell you where it yes, went. Ma'am. And it might, it might tell you by overdraft charge. Yes. It might tell you by a, a, a default payment. Mm-hmm. It, you might find out in a, in a rude awakening kind of oh, way. Yeah. Um, I love that it's getting clearer and clearer to me as we're talking because <laughs> you mentioned something earlier that made me, I wrote down, take care of your money mm-hmm. and then checking your bank, checking your bank account on a regular basis is tending to, is taking care of your money and things that we want to flourish and grow. We have to cultivate. It's like, it's like having plants. Yes. You don't just, you don't just put a seed in the, in the dirt and then walk away for a year <laughs> and hope that you have a lemon tree. 
You know what I mean? You have to tend to it. You have to you get get dirty, get in there in the dirt. You have to water mm-hmm. it. You have, you know what I mean? Yes. Make sure it's getting the right sunlight. And so what I hear you saying, if I can make, you know, this inference yes. is that the point is to be tending to your money so that it can flourish and do for you what it's intended to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That like, you literally just put it in the perfect words. I need to like put that on a shirt or something and just let people know you have to, it really is like watering any plant that you have in your house. Um, I check my bank account all the time and I'm just like, okay, when I get paid, I'm going to transfer this into this account. And then I have three months worth of emergency fund and I'm going to move this over here. And I'm, I'm just like plotting and scheming every morning when I wake up and I'm like, yeah, look at all that money in my account. Okay, account, I see you. And just checking on it to make sure it's there. I'm engaged with my money, but I also feel good. I'm like, wow, I'm really doing the thing that I was set out to do, which was, you know, save for a house or get my emergency fund up together. Um, And it makes you feel good. Like it's a good feeling to see that there's money in your bank account. Yeah, I think that, you know, people's relationships with money are very personal Mm -hmm. and can be very, what's the word? trying (laughs) you know like it can be really difficult people's relationships with money because of what we either heard indirectly or directly growing up about it you know what I mean did we hear a lot of people talking about lack while we were growing up or did we hear people talk about abundance and prosperity Mm -hmm. and so like you had mentioned you when you you used to avoid checking your bank account because you didn't want to see the lack Mm -hmm. and now you check your bank account not to see the abundance but in order to maintain a relationship with your money, which is helping you to be abundant, it's the result regardless. Yes, yes. And um, a lot of us are are subconsciously, and I'm, I'm not a therapist, so please check me anytime that I'm like trying to step on your toes. But I think a lot of us are subconsciously still dealing with, like you said, what we heard as kids. Did you Did you hear a lot about finances? Did you hear positive things about finances or, you know, was it kind of taboo to talk to your parents about their money? Um, I have friends who are like, I don't know how much money my parents make. I don't know what they have in savings. And we just never talked about money. Then they never talked to me about money or bank accounts or anything like that. And so I didn't know how much my parents made until I was in my late twenties or something. But as a kid, I didn't need to know how much they made in order for us to talk about finances. They just kind of gave me an allowance and you know they would remind me okay did you check your bank account how much money do you have left what did you do with your money and so it now as adults we are kind of reaping the seeds that were sown into us as kids um and and it could have been hey we always talked about abundance and we talked about finances or I really didn't get that education at home or at school so now I'm kind of just learning it but if you're just learning it I mean, jump all the way in and just gain as much knowledge as you can and you'll start to see your finances shape the way you want them to. Yeah, I love that. I used to, you know, I don't know if I want to say shamefully, (laughs) do my budgeting on sticky notes. And so I would just, (laughs) I would just like write down um, what bills I had coming up and Um, what account they were going to come from or whatever. And some of those accounts were credit cards. And so I was looking back at 
you know, my old sticky notes from like 2016 before I started, you know, getting my finances yeah. together. And I was like, I was paying some of my bills, like my, my necessities on credit mm. cards. And I'm like, what? I don't know what I thought was in that, you know, like in that method, what I thought was a good idea mm-hmm. about that. But I'm glad that I've, you know, figured out that I should probably be able to cover my, yes. my life's expenses <laughs> with my with my money. And so looking back, I think that's what's nice about having a budget too, is being able to to track mm-hmm. for you to make good choices now, but also for you to see how far you've come later on. And looking to see, you know, how you've evolved as a person, because I think there really is a connection between, you know, how we tend to our finances mm-hmm. and some different areas of our lives. Now, that's where people might be mad at me. And that's <laughs> fine. They can hate me all they want. I think that if you you're if you are having certain challenges in your finances, not just because it's your finances, these same challenges might be showing up other mm-hmm. places in your life. So it might show up in your profession. It might show up in your your relationships. It might show up in your spirituality mm. it, because it's we we talked about it being mm. mindset. So it's not that the mindset is just exclusive to finances. If you if you feel like things aren't possible, or you experience lack, or you you know doubt your ability to do something in one mm. area, how can you not still practice that mindset in another? Oh my area? gosh. And think that you're limitless and think that you are abundant and think that you can have good relationships. You, are literally you know what I mean? Me I don't think that that's possible. <laughs> you are literally taking me to church right now. Like <laughs> I'm about to do a praise dance right now. <laughs> yes. No, like I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, it's not just about your finances. It's really, it's really, it's everything. It's your whole lifestyle and your money touches everything that you do the kind of job you have versus mm-hmm. the kind of job you think you deserve. And are those the same things? Mm. I, you know, the kind of money you make versus the kind of money you think you should make. Um, I know when I left my last job, I just kept saying, this is not enough money. And not because I, right. you know, I was in so much debt, it was overwhelming, but I was just like, I'm a lawyer. I'm not really making that much. This is crazy. And I think I said it so much. God was like, listen, I'm over this. Okay, just get this job over here. (laughs) I'm gonna help you get this right. And so, and I I literally ended up getting like a a very sick tens of thousands of dollars in a raise. And I now I'm like, oh, okay. So when I wasn't making any money, I was really good at budgeting. And now that I am making a significant amount of money, I'm still good at budgeting. But my mindset had never changed. I still felt the same way. Like, I, I feel like I'm not making enough money. Now I make a lot. I, and, and that kind of spread into other aspects of life. I mean, relationships are blooming, blessings are coming in. So I, I agree. I think you're totally right about that mindset affecting other areas of life. Yeah, I think, you know, when you open yourself up and it could be, it could happen vice versa. For some people, it starts in their finances and then it bleeds into mm-hmm. the other areas. For some people, it starts in, you know, their relationships, and then it bleeds to the finances and the spiritual Mm -hmm. aspects. But when you open yourself up to the option of possibility, Mm -hmm. that's when I think that, you know, things really start to change, because you don't necessarily have to know how we feel I feel like people really get caught up on, you know, the route, how, how, but how, and really, it's that you just need to decide or you need to, to, 
you know, choose what it is that you Mm want to do or what you want to experience. And like you said, God just steps in and you're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like things just start. It's almost like you're at a loss for words because you're like, okay, I don't know how. I don't know how this happened, but it did. Yeah. And one thing, um, I did an interview with Diana, um, aka Money Boss Mama, and we were talking about we were talking about mindset, but we kind of shifted into, do people think they deserve to be debt-free? Mm. Do people think they deserve to make more mm. money? And and I I was like, at one point in time, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of us who, who didn't think we deserved to make that much money. Or I, I'm sure you've heard of imposter syndrome, um, where we feel like yes. I really shouldn't be making this, ma- this amount of money, or I really shouldn't be financially stable and so it's there are so many different aspects and I love that that you're like as a therapist people talk to you about money because it's it really is it's kind of like a I don't know what to call it but it's kind of entrenched in everything and so the you know the way you treat your money the way you talk about money it's it's really do you think you deserve any of it do you think you deserve to be in debt do you think you deserve to be debt free and so I know I've heard some people say, I really didn't think I deserved to be debt free. I thought I just was supposed to live and die in debt and I was going to owe someone always. Even in that statement alone, that has nothing to do with math or money. And it has all to do with Mm -hmm. self-worth and awareness and, you know, your ability to, to trust, you know what I mean? To trust whatever it is mm-hmm. that you believe in. Jesus, Buddha, Allah, it. Krishna, whoever, uh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I think that you really begin to, to show your faith when you start making decisions and not knowing how you're mm-hmm. going to get there. That's like next level. To me, that's like next level, <laughs> you know, spirituality. Because when, when I say, I can only speak from my own experience. When I say I'm the one that needs to come up with the plan and I need to know how, um, that's me saying that I don't trust who mm-hmm. created me. So if I say, okay, I mean, I'm going to do my part. I'm not just going to sit back and expect for things to just pop up without mm-hmm. me working. But I've made a decision that I would like to be able to manage my be a good steward of the money that I'm given um I'm not sure how but I'm open to learning and understanding that's me saying I trust whoever created me to put the path Mm -hmm. in front of me but I'm still gonna have to show up like you said you got to apply the tools you have to apply the resources you can't just you know say what you want and then (laughs) sit down somewhere but it's really about self-worth because what do you think you deserve that has to do with self-worth if nothing else, I would love for people to be able to know and understand their self-worth mm-hmm. so much so that it shows up in every mm-hmm. area of their lives. Now, it's much easier oh, yeah. said than done. So, you know, like we're all on the journey. So it's a process, but that would be the dream. And I love that you are advocating for that, you know, for people to educate themselves and be, be empowered with information, you know, so that they can have that experience in their finances. And then how can they expand that to the other areas yes, of their lives? Yes, exactly. Um, I think the, and I, I wish I could kind of help people on the therapy side, but I, I tell people that's not my ministry, but 
I will direct you to some people, but I, I, I kind of see a little bit of that, um, that lack of self-worth in, in some people, not a lot where they're, you know, talking about how they just don't think they can do it. It's like, I really don't think I can do it. I think I have to spend my money and I can't really stop myself. And I'm, I'm always wondering, do you really think you have to spend the money or do you, are you, are you afraid of, of the greatness that could come from not spending the money? Cause some people mm. might, you might genuinely just be scared that one day you have money in your account and you, you don't owe anybody. And that money is genuinely your money and you don't know what to do with it. So I'm, I'm also wondering if people are just kind of scared of what might happen if they actually, you know, stay in tune with their yeah. finances. I, I think it's a combination of all of those things. And I, that might be what makes it so tricky is that it's mm-hmm. so complex. You know what I mean? There's so many levels and layers that it makes it more challenging. But, you know, you're not a therapist, but you mm-hmm. have life experience, you know, and you're a coach and you and you read people well. And so those are things that I'm sure you're helping people heal you know, not from mm-hmm. a therapeutic standpoint, let's say, but to, to me, almost everything is <laughs> yeah. therapy. You know what I mean? Like going for a walk is therapy, going to the hairdresser therapy, all those things are healing in their own way. And I would almost, I would almost argue that it's just as healing as any traditional therapy, because as long as people are actually mm-hmm. applying what they're learning with you, they're experiencing themselves and their lives differently than they have that's ever true. before. That is definitely true. And that's what it takes. You know what I mean? That's what it takes to make shifts and change in, um, in your lives. And I almost feel like sometimes therapy can be limiting because I can't, I don't get like in the, in the mud with them mm. sometimes Sometimes it's like you have to let them find their own way to the answer. And you're like, no, it's over here. Can you look this way? You know, like, um, but as a person that you could just be blatant, like, no, this is what I'm seeing. This is what has to happen. This mm-hmm. is what you need to change. So sometimes I feel a little bit limited by therapy. And that's why I kind of have this platform and, and social media and stuff like that, where I feel like I can just say what I need to say. And if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, <laughs> that's fine. But, you know, I think that, I think that it's really important the work that you're doing and I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that you feel called to do it and outside of your freaking yes. eight to five job that you spend your time you know pouring into people and I just want to express thank you thank you, you so that. much and I'm I'm so glad I got a chance to be on the podcast and just really talk about it I think another thing is specifically among black women is that we don't talk about money enough um, amongst our friend group and mm-hmm. so I've I've kind of subliminally been pushing my friends to to talk about money. And I remember we had a very awkward conversation about salaries one day. And it was so funny because I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is how much I make. And everyone just kind of looked and was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and no one, no one said anything. Oh. So like a few minutes later, one of them ended up and and I wasn't trying to, you know, compare salaries, but we were just genuinely talking about about money. Right. So I think it's really important to to talk about finances and our strengths and our weaknesses and our fears and, and even our accomplishments. I was just telling everyone yesterday, you know, when you pay something off, celebrate, call your mama and tell her, call your friend, the people who will be happy for you, call them and tell them, hey, I just paid off a, a, a credit card, a student loan, my car note, whatever, and really celebrate that moment but talk about it so other people know that it's possible to do. 
Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. That could be a whole different (laughs) episode is, you know, how to talk about Mm -hmm. money with your friends, because how are you supposed to know or how is anyone supposed to know or have a frame of reference of what I don't even want, I don't even know of, of whether you're being, you know, compensated Mm -hmm. appropriately or, or if you, you know, should or could be applying for a job that is more suitable for you. Cause I'm pretty sure like 70% of Americans hate their jobs. Some significant number. (laughs) And that's because, yeah. And they, and they feel like they have to stick to that job because it pays their Mm -hmm. bills or whatever the case may be. But I feel like once you start having these deeper conversations with the people in your life, that it leads to, again, it leads to having conversations about other things, about self-worth, about, you know, what your dreams are. Like, what do you want to be doing in five years and 10 years and how to come up with a plan and get support for that plan. But if we don't talk about any of it, then we're not going to get support for any of it. We're not going to get to brainstorm Mm -hmm. or have a sounding board. Or look at things differently. Even when I, I have some friends who they were trying to, and um, I told them, I was like, well, you know, I negotiated for my salary and they're like, wait a minute, how'd you negotiate your salary? Like, what did you do? And so I started just explaining to them, yeah. this is what I said. And um, I mean, they they were shocked because their mindset was, I'm going to go in here and tell these people I need a raise because I have kids and I have bills. And I told them, yeah. that's the fastest way to not get a raise because we all have kids and we all have bills. <laughs> but but why why does giving you a raise benefit the company, right? So you know, longevity. I've been here for this long. I plan to be here for this long. I've increased productivity of the company. I have laid out new programs and I've gotten new people hired and I've trained people. What have you done for the company that shows them you deserve an extra $20,000? I don't claim it, whatever, however much you want, just claim it and just, you know, really, really sell yourself and why you deserve that raise. But if we hadn't had that conversation, a couple of them would not have gotten raises because they were thinking of it in one way. And I was like, you guys have to look at it from different angles. And really, you have to look at it from the standpoint of why, what would make my boss pay me more money? And it was one of those aha moments where we were all just like, okay, this makes sense. I love that. It's so important because no one, that's another thing that we don't learn how to how to interview, how to find the right job, how to negotiate a salary or negotiate a raise after you've been in mm-hmm. a place for a while. And all of those, I think that, I don't know if it's like embarrassment or comparison. Or, I don't know what gets in the way of people talking to each other about these things. And so I don't know exactly outside of just talking to mm-hmm. people in your own circle and using your social media platform, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what changes that? But I love that you're doing it because it's yeah. a ripple effect. And they're going to go talk to their friends about it. And then they're going to talk to another, you know what I mean? It's going to, it's going to branch out and really start to create this long-term effect in the long run. That's really going to be pivotal, you know, especially for women that look like us, any women of Mm -hmm. color in general, um, for us to be supporting each other, not be crabs in a barrel, you know what I mean? And lift each other up so that we can all yeah I think I think a bit of it is comparison and that may have just been something that we've all kind of grown up with is that we're competition and not necessarily sisters um but I think if we if we change that mindset again mindset if we change that and really start to love on each other and support each other 
when it comes to finances and just talking about, okay, I've been in the workforce for five years. I have this much experience to back it up. What do you guys think I should be making? Or, you know, do you think there's room for me to grow in this field? And just talk to your friends and and really get their opinion and kind of lay out what your goals are. Because even, even if you hate your job now, you can still use your current salary to catapult you into your passion and to finance that new dream job that you want to business you want to start or job that you want to get into, but you need sounding boards and you want to use your friends and family as that. Wow. I can keep (laughs) you on the phone all day long, but I want to respect your time. Where can we find you on social media to keep up with black girl budget and support? So right now you guys can follow on Instagram at black girl budget. Um, You can also follow our Facebook page at black girl budget. And we actually have a website that will be dropping soon um, due to popular, popular demand. So um, be on the lookout for that. And it will be www.blackgirlbudget.com. But I will definitely let everyone know when that's going to drop. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your gems and inspiring us to get on a budget and stick to it. And I just really want to say again, I'm so appreciative, you know, for you to take the time to chat with us, because I really think that it's a conversation that needs to continue to be had. I want to (laughs) shout it from the rooftops. I want to support you shouting it from the rooftops. So again, thank thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I, I thank you to everyone who's listening. I really appreciate you guys for listening. And I hope that there were a couple of gems that you guys can like take back and share with some friends. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.